Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fifth episode of Kiln. My name is Micah Gallardo. This is a podcast about creativity, creative habits, productivity, and discipline. I have with me John Esparza, John Salo. Hey, hey. How's it going? Amazing, man. This is great. Uh, if we were filming this, you'd see that there's a candle to my right, his left. We've saged everything. Palo Santo. The lights are dim, and... It feels fantastic in here. Atmosphere curating. It is. It's important, guys. We should add that to your CV. Yeah. Atmosphere curator. Multi-hyphen. <laughs> um, Johnny, before we get started, can you explain? I'm very excited for this today, folks, because Johnny and I have been trying to set this up for quite some time. And I love Johnny. I think Johnny's great. So Love you too, bro. We're going to have a good time. Johnny, can you explain what you do before we start? Thanks, dude. I'm stoked. Um... Well, it's been 10 years now. Can't wait to look back at this chat. Mm-hmm. Um, started in marketing, then to film, and ended up putting it all together. A mm. little bit of photo, a little bit of design in there. Yeah. Always kind of been open to stuff. Not the traditional route. Didn't finish a college program for anything specific. Just kind of been open to things and learned along yeah. the way. Yeah, that's great. Marketing, photography, film. Um I want to start out with what we kind of talked about before we started the episode. What what your primary gig is now, and we're going to use that, and we're going to we're going to use that as a springboard to kind of hop into some other things. What's your primary gig right now? Currently, creative at Bruno Mars. Nice. Um, that involves what specifically without being too well, detailed? dude. I mean, it was a pivot because I came from entertainment, and then I found myself doing a similar job, but I'm in the music industry, and that's such a it's clearly different. Like the yeah. product is different, you know? Mm. So it's, it's cool that I'm doing the stuff that I love and I'm putting it all together, but like music industry full time right now, very different beast. Totally what, different. What world were you in before? It was a media company. Okay. Like making scripted, making shows okay, and branding those shows. Okay. So imagine like small scale Netflix type of thing. Sure. Which is great. Cause you yeah. get to do like all different types of things. Yeah. And this is one artist one focus, mm. one brand, mm. which is actually pretty sweet to be a part of. Yeah. Um, what are some, what are some, you, you'd mentioned one, right? Doing multiple things as at a media company, you're focusing on one, essentially one brand at Bruno. What are some other maybe differences between the work that you were doing at the agency versus what you're doing now under essentially one creative umbrella? It's a good question. Mm, well, I think the similarities are easy to start with. It's like, starting from scratch. And that's my favorite thing. I'm Uh, sure that people listening get stoked when they get to start from scratch and like you have a vision for everything. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's not even about the vision. It's just about like having the pieces. Like if you take over a job and you have to go find like art files and logos and like kind of this Frankenstein of something, Mm -hmm. it's a little difficult, Mm -hmm. but the cool thing with this thing and the previous role that I was in was starting from scratch. Mm. And that's so cool. Like Mm. it's, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's um, like great opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, to like think everything through from the beginning. Yeah. And I didn't have to go find stuff. So I got yeah. to like coming to this job, great transition. It was like beginning of, um, what was in the beginning? Scratch that, edit that. Coming into this job, it mm-hmm. was a transition season and the beginning of like a big rollout. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got to like put together the color palette put together the logo lockups and sort of like assemble everything, which is great. Yeah. The, 
the rollout that we're referring to is obviously Silk Sonic, and we have an album out. We have a, a bunch of incredible music videos that are out right now. Um, how, just to give people a sense of scale, how long did something like this take? I know the Bruno team isn't huge. Um, how long did this take, maybe from start to finish? I mean, people put in the work mm. long before I was there. Like, I came along at the end when, like, the foundation of so much had been, like, established. Mm -hmm. And then it was go time yeah. and time to, like, share it. And yeah. that's the part that happened over, like, five months, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have to, like, slice and dice everything mm -hmm. and get it ready mm -hmm. and program it. Mm -hmm. So with the global release, it was a lot more than I expected. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not, I mean, the agency that you worked at could have been working with any number of clients, but Bruno Mars is international. Well, the, the job before was contained and it was like a, it was a startup. So it was a company Sure. and all the IP was there. So it was pretty yeah. like internal yeah. all yeah, here yeah. in LA. Yeah. But for this, like, you know, any sort of announcement, it's the 50 pieces that you have to make for the US, but then mm. also like Asia and yeah. Europe and like, yeah name any like division of you know the label sure. like you have to duplicate these things and like yeah, yeah the expansion's pretty crazy pieces yeah everything needs to be in place before it even starts but we love a challenge we do love a challenge we love a good challenge um this is a great this is a great segue into a little bit about what we're going to get into which is with with so many pieces being put together I know you're about to enter another pretty busy season at Bruno. Um, what sorts of ways do you have to get ideas out there? What, what sorts of ways do you have to get over the rational brain and just get something down? What are some, what are some methods that you use to fight the voices that might say like, this isn't perfect. This doesn't have, we don't have all the pieces to this puzzle yet. We can't put anything together. Not even that it has to end up perfect, but that we don't have the materials, quote unquote, the right materials, the right amount of materials, the right people aren't here yet. What, what sorts of ways do you combat some of this kind of stuff? Such a good topic because man, does it get like intimidating sometimes mm -hmm. just to hit go on something yeah. or to jump in. And so it's something I've had to work at for sure. Like the last three years, yeah, three to five of just like, don't let it intimidate you. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Like mm -hmm. empty canvas, open the project, get in there. Even if it's not the great version of it, do the rough and dirty version of it at mm -hmm. least to get mm -hmm. the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. What what sorts of ways do you maybe validate an idea in your head when it comes, when it's time to go? Or it's I'd, time to idea. I'd encourage people to like paint, like go for it a little bit, not mm -hmm. physically paint, but like paint the picture, the mm -hmm. bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Like let's say you're doing, um, you're a designer and you're branding a small little company or something like that or a big company. Sure. It's like maybe their main thing is a website, but just to see how things are going to work for, you know, the main idea that they've selected or leaned towards or mm -hmm. something that you're digging, like mm -hmm. expand it, you know, like make it, make a deck of how it would work outside of a website Yeah, and like their end product and shipping and like just email blast, like IRL stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Find, maybe find new applications for something kind of get excited about it first, you know, mm. first is tweaking a web banner. Yeah. You know, when it's just the first piece, like go big and then circle back and work small. Yeah. I like that. 
paint a paint paint a little bit of the bigger picture first. I um I've been looking at kind of two primary issues that surround I think creatives and the first that we're talking about right now, like fighting the rational brain and trying to figure out how we as creatives were supposed to, you know, I'm going to use a lot of like buzzwords. We're supposed to innovate. We're supposed to live on like the bleeding edge. We're supposed to be so radical and different. We're supposed to go against all of these cliches. Um, but all of these require, at least in our head, all of them require us to at some point like leave our brains and, and enter this out of body sort of experience that we might not feel we can reach. Um, and that's all perception because you can talk to some of these guys who are doing these things that you would consider maybe innovating or maybe living on the edge. And it seems to come pretty naturally for these guys. Um, I've learned that it, as I've, as I've read, I've learned that it's not something that comes natural. It's definitely something that you can build and that you can grow inside of, of your brain and you can figure out how to tap into that kind of stuff. Um, when you have to sit down and think of something that's new or have to think of something that hasn't been done before, what sorts of, what are maybe some criteria that you have to run through in your head as you're just planning, as you're ideating, as you're kind of painting, as you described it earlier, what are some ways that you can paint, but paint smart and, and paint a big picture, but paint it and think like, okay, it has to be these things. Are there, are there criteria? What would be like an example? Like, let's think of a, a case, yeah. a case study. I'd, I'd say this, um, when I'm looking to shoot, cause I don't shoot as much as I used to. I used to shoot a lot. I was shooting a lot over the summer, I pretty much stopped shooting in August, um, just for some personal reasons. But as I try to live on the quote unquote bleeding edge as a photographer, I think a lot of the trends that I see, I I try to stay away from those first. So if something's trending, I don't even pay attention to it because it's not worth my time trying to learn a trend because it's probably not that great because everybody's doing it. Um, or maybe it is, but it's just being overdone. And it's not always going to be what I want to do. And why would I do something that I don't want to do? So trends, I stay away from completely. That's like the first thing that I do. Um, the second layer to that, I, I think is kind of in tandem, but maybe separate. Um, I stay away from any sort of inspiration at like at, at any level. I'm not following photographers on Instagram. I'm not following models on Instagram. Um, I was going on Pinterest for a while looking at like outfits and like posing techniques and all that stuff. Stopped doing that um, and lead with my brain. And, and that's like to be to the no, like no inspiration at all for me. Like I don't take any of it in. Um, cause I'm trying to find out what I love. I'm trying to find out the thing that's like truly me. And that's like the third point is that if I'm, if I don't like it, then I'm just not going to do it. Um, so a lot of the things that I really enjoy are, I love a good film look. I love Portra 400. So I'm going to learn on YouTube how to develop a Portra 400 preset. What I'm not going to do is go out and find out how to shoot like what well, this is how you should shoot film photography and I'm going to watch some YouTuber shoot his lookbook mm -hmm. or 
take you through how to shoot this landscape thing that he did or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I will learn how to build a preset in Lightroom so that I can go back in and maybe emulate Portrait 400 or try to find something that I really like. Um, I'm going to find compositions that I really enjoy that aren't necessarily me saying, look, I'm going to follow the rule of thirds. I'm going to follow the golden ratio. I'm going to go out and everything needs to be centered in the frame. But I'm going to go out and shoot a lot and then like, start to cull images that I love and find out what's common between all those images. And I'm going to start shooting pictures that look exactly like that in terms of composition. Um, and I'm going to find locations that I really like. I was shooting in downtown. I live, we live close to Los Angeles, by mm-hmm. the way, for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. I was shooting a lot in downtown. Didn't like it at all. The city, the urban is not my vibe. I tried studio work. It was fun. Taught me a lot about light. Didn't like it though. Not enough variety. Um, I love a good view. I love nature. So I find myself shooting where I can see the sky. I find myself shooting where I have a really nice view or I find myself shooting near the ocean. Um, and I, I don't, I don't deviate from that because I know that I'm going to love the work that comes out of a shoot that I do in those locations. Um, not love, too, yeah. I not, love that you're like giving it a go and okay yeah. with like trying something, yeah. moving on. Um, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool to watch people stick to their thing and then it works out. Mm. Like we, we have a photographer friend, Lindsay, and she had a very specific way of shooting since we're on the top of topic of photography. Yes. And, um, she was doing her thing and just kept to it. And then it clicked and, people were hooked on her stuff. And so she's been like shooting covers like nobody's business because yeah. she just didn't change. And she like stayed in her pocket and then it found the right spot, the land. Yeah. Just yeah. so cool. Yeah. You have people who, who want that work. Are we a little lost in the sauce or are we good? We're good. Okay. We're totally fine. It's for the people. It's for the people. Yeah. I love when work that people does work that people do, excuse me. Um, it ends up, it ends up having a place. Like you said, there's, there's a way that it just kind of lands. Um, I think it's a, I think sometimes it's a result. I'm, I'm doing I'm recording a podcast on Wednesday with a a guy that does, uh, that's a director and he's a videographer. Uh, He's a director now, but he used to be a videographer. And he said that one of the, one of the really important parts of his career was people stopped asking like, you know, people stop saying like, oh, I want Patrick to do, I just like, I just said his name, but that's his name. I, people stopped saying like, oh, like Patrick should direct this video, but they were, they were or like this video looks like something. I want to do something that looks like Patrick did it, but it's like, I want Patrick to do my video. It needs, it needs to absolutely be like Pat Presto needs to be putting this video together. And I don't care what we have to do, but he has to be the one who's putting it together. He has to be the guy who's like putting the shot list together and he has to be the guy who's filming it. Um, can't have anybody else doing it. That speaks volumes to somebody who's been staying in the pocket because he's been in the game since like Oh six and he's been pretty much call it 15 years. And I think it's been Oh five Oh six, something like that. Um, and he spent 15 years doing this kind of freelancing thing on the side, but he has found a niche and his niche loves him and he loves the niche that he's in. And it's, I mean, I don't, 
we'll find out the work that he was doing before on Wednesday and we'll find out like the kinds of styles that he was into, but people really loved what he was doing and he eventually found an audience for the work that he was doing. It's cool. And just tripled down on it. So yeah, I'm not sure how we got onto that, but it's awesome, man. Staying true to the work that you're doing and, and doing it as authentically as possible will yield a, you'll, you won't see it right from the get go because it takes time to build an audience one and two, you have to f- kind of find out what your niche is. You, you have to know who you're talking to. You have to know who's going to be into what you're doing. Once you find those things and you build that audience, then stuff just kind of rolls and it's, it's kind of, it's really nice. I, I haven't reached that yet, but I can imagine that that's how it goes as I've watched people build and I've seen like the history. That's what happens as you start to, you add value to those people who have, who have shown up and who have stayed or who have shown up and who are exactly what the client that you want to work with. And you, you bend over backwards for these guys because they're here for you and you're here for them and everybody's providing value to everybody else. And you just, you just love on them. We, you got off of Instagram a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. This is a, this is a very interesting thing that I've been thinking about for about a week now because I remembered you got off Instagram a couple months ago and I was like, why would he got off of, why would he get off Instagram? There's lots of reasons why you don't have to tell us why, but what I want to talk about is Instagram is an insanely popular platform for creatives. Mm -hmm. So if you tell a creative to get off of Instagram and pursue their career, I, I'd be like, I couldn't like, I couldn't continue. You'd say that's a little extreme. It's a little extreme what's that, what's that been like over the last couple of months for you? I mean, you guys can probably think of the obvious things that people would jump off of Instagram for. Yes. It's that plus some other stuff that I have thought about, you know, just like, what does it look like to do work? Just old school. Yeah. (laughs) And, and just work. Yeah. And all this crazy stuff starts to happen. Like your references change. They Mm. become like more analog Mm. and kind of, like you were talking about looking at other photographers and yeah. kind of just your daily fill of content. Mm-hmm. When it goes away from that, it does become more original mm. and really, really cool. Like steeped in stuff you're finding in books and yeah. shopping at the vinyl store and yeah. looking at, you know, I don't know what industry you guys are in, but like there's an analog version of inspiration and like mm. references and stuff mm. that I think we've gotten away from yeah. because like you said, Pinterest, Instagram, like, it's convenient. And so everything kind of starts to feel the same. Yeah. Music videos, films, stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's added bonuses like that, that I found like, Hey, now I'm, now I'm getting my inspiration from other places. Yeah. I'm communicating different. Like when something happens or I finish a project, like I share with my close friends directly or we catch up on, you know, we catch up on work when we see each other, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, it doesn't have to happen over Instagram anymore. Yeah, all types of surprises. Yeah, that's that's good insight that the work that you do becomes more original because you're not consuming all this stuff. Um, I talked to this gal who does social media, who, who did social media for some swimwear companies. Um, she's on episode one. If you guys haven't listened, you should go listen to it because I think it's a great episode. Her name's Gianna Bond. She calls it getting hyper-inspired. And something that I pulled from that was she was like, we get so hyper inspired, like just absorbing all this content. And then we get into a lock because we, we just don't know 
what to do with any of this, any of the information that we've been given, but we know that we're, you know, hyper inspired. Like, look, I've done all this work. I, I like, I've absorbed all this stuff. Like I'm super ready to go and tackle this project, but then I've absorbed all so much that I don't even know what to do with what I've, what I have in my brain. I just, uh, and then I'm, and then you're in a lock, mm-hmm. you're in some state of writer's block. Um, what, what kinds of ways do you, you talked about kind of getting, starting with a big picture, what are ways that maybe not from starting a project, maybe you've already started a project and you hit a wall, you hit a block, um, you hit some sort of rut. What are some tools that you use to get out of a rut that you use to get over the wall um, to continue forward? It might sound contrary because you said like you don't look at too many references Mm. or inspo yeah when like inspo going towards a project but man that like refreshes me and gets me excited to like see how other people before me have done it Mm -hmm. and just look at like some incredible examples like the best version of it you know yeah if you're talking about music or a story one of my favorite movies is blue hawaii i think well no King Creo, either one of the two. <laughs> I mean, I, I like musical movies um, because sure. I think they put like two of the greatest things together yeah. and both of those are with Elvis in it. So like going back and just looking at these like absolute gold versions of inspiration, you yeah. know, like where people just hit it and you can't capture that again, but like to watch something where they just crushed it. Yeah. It's like, oh man, this, this makes me feel like a kid. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they nailed this and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff just fires me up because you're not going to be able to hit that maybe. Mm-hmm. And you can't really chase something that happened like five years, 10, 20, 30, 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it makes me look at it from a different angle. Just the raw talent of some people is like inspiring to watch. That's, that's actually really great because I look at, um, I'm also musically talented for those of you who don't know. And I drum. So my favorite thing to do in the car is to drum to the songs that I listen to. And if not for anything else, it's just fun and enjoyable. But the same way that you like the idea of music and movies, I love a live performance because I'm watching somebody do it in one go. And like, that's it. And you mess up, you mess up, you, you like, you, you, I don't know, you drop a stick, you break a string, your voice cracks, like it's all in there. Um, but there's so much that happens during a live performance that I would want to like aspire to, because I know that these are guys who, especially bands that I know who have been playing for a really long time. I listened to this Swedish metal band called Meshuggah and <laughs> they've been they've been in the game for 25 years now. Deep cut. Deep cut. 25, 26 years now. Um, and just to watch them on stage is absolutely mind-boggling. And it allows me, like you said, to get excited because the, the idea of even reaching that is so daunting, but there's a thrill in wanting to get there. There's, there's this sort of, there's like something that churns inside of you. That's Mm -hmm. like this, this is, this could be really great. And even if you're not going to get there, you can aim for that. And even if you miss, you'll land probably much further than you would if you had set a goal that was anything less than I want to be like Mm -hmm. the best. Do you shoot for the moon? Like when you're starting work, do you like shoot for the absolute moon? I think no matter what scale, if you are doing 
a short film with a thousand dollars or you get greenlit to go make HBO's next big hit franchise. Yeah. The people that are hiring you is always going to trust and expect you to do the best with what they're going to give you. Mm. So shoot for the moon is sort of me thinking, let's do the best with what we have. Yeah. Like let's be responsible with our resources. Yes. That's huge to me. Okay. Okay. That's really nice. That's the answer. I like that a lot. Your creativity almost kind of jumps another level Mm -hmm. when you don't give people the just, yeah, we're just really looking for whatever, whatever you can put together. You're like, oh my gosh, great. Like, how do I, where do I begin? But somebody tells you you have a thousand dollars, three days and five actors Mm -hmm. and this needs to be three and a half minutes. Yeah. Here's the story. You're like, money doesn't fix everything. Yeah. You're like, let's do this. Like does the opposite. It makes like lazy creative. So Mm. maximizing what you've got, like some of the most inspirational case studies, these people are like up against the wall and they make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Film, music, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I like that money makes too much money in a lot of cases makes lazy creatives. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a side tangent. I think this is like a buzz thing. So you'd say that gear doesn't matter. Hmm. No. Got it. I mean, there's, there's no wrong answer to this question, but I would love to hear your take on it. Cause I have, I have my thoughts on gear because we both have to, we both have to acquire some level of gear to do the, the work that we do. People have fun talking about it and I think it's a way for people to connect, mm-hmm. but it's really to me not a make or break. Okay. Got it. That's a good way. It's to like it. fun to talk shop. Yes. Yeah. This is what I got. This is what I'm using. It's like a car, you know? Yeah. It's, this. it's fun in that way. I love gear. I mean, that was like my first, I wanted to make movies since I was a kid. Yeah. And when I didn't get into film school, like my first thing was building a camera package that mm. opened tons of doors. It was amazing. Like, yeah. Had a passion for it. Yeah. Loved it. Learned a lot. Yeah. And it's great, but it's not everything. It's not everything. You can go do do things and make things happen without the the best of the best. Yeah. Even that will, it, it sort of further solidifies you as a creative doing your thing as authentically as possible. It, you're, you don't have to aspire to the narrative in order for me to be better, in order for me to make more money, in order for me to succeed, I need to accumulate gear so that I can achieve a certain level of fill in the blank followers on Instagram, Mm -hmm. referrals from other companies, uh, ongoing contracts from clients, whatever the, whatever the thing that you're looking for is, you do not, you absolutely do not have to ascribe to it that in order for me to get to that, I need more gear because a lot of it's going to come down to you learning the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to execute on those levels, well, those are the things that are going to win rather than, okay, let me get this new light. Let me get this Mm -hmm. new attachment because that's not going to do much for you what sorts of ways maybe previous to your departure from instagram were you maybe building your personal brand i know you were with an agency and maybe you wanted to just work at the agency so you didn't need a personal brand because you had a you know you had like you'd call it a full-time job but maybe you wanted to start something new and do something under here's what about here's what bothered me go ahead it sort of bothers me having to 
sell yourself and like say what you are versus just like working and then people saying, Hey, you're this, like, or this is what we need from you and you're going to fill this role. Yeah. So it's a little difficult. It always felt a little funky and a little weird. Interesting. Because I, I would say, and I'm going to put myself in this boat of people. I would say that my personal brand is extremely important because I value the trust that people have for me. So in order for me to, and we can, uh, let me define personal brand because I think it's important that we define, define what I mean by personal brand. When I say I'm looking at building my personal brand as Micah Gallardo, there's obviously the personality and like you just getting to know me outside of social media. I would call your personal brand the brand on the the brand that you put around your personality in terms of what you can do and what value you add to people on your website, your Twitter, your Instagram, your YouTube. That's what I would consider your personal brand. Um, so to, to put myself in the, in this kind of, do I build a personal brand? Do I not build a personal brand? I would want to build a personal brand because I value the trust that people have for me. It allows me to, validate myself and differentiate amongst a people in my industry, which the industry that I'm trying to break into right now is the consulting and brand strategy world of business. Um, and starting with my personal brand allows me to differentiate a little bit, find my niche, figure out what my community looks like for John. It looks like avoiding that because it's hard to separate work and play and there was always just something a little fishy about it Mm -hmm. i kind of also look at people that have been doing it for like 50 years like working professionally and they didn't have it yeah and i know it happened in other ways but i just think back of like changing my bio so many times as i like continue to work and grow up and mature and like yeah having to like constantly update like an identity or a mm. brand or like mm. something like that yeah. online. Yeah. It's just tough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, what do you keep? What do you throw out? Hopefully we're always like growing and changing yeah. in that way. At least progressing upwards. Yeah. But the idea of trying to keep up with something like that online was just like not your forte. Mm-mm. And you sound just like more of an analog guy. That's, that's kind of what this, I, I think you're, your ethos would be like analog over digital Mm. and you just prefer to do things the old fashioned way because that's just how you prefer to do things. I think that's what I'm finding. I'm like pretty nostalgic. Yeah. I think of like simpler times for sure. Yeah. But I wasn't always, you know, I kind of just went for it like we all do and like was everywhere on everything. Yeah. Trying to do the most, but there's people around me that weren't, or, um, like my brother, for example, like he never had Instagram really like after high school. And so I, I kind of was like, huh, like there's people that are like living their lives, doing their thing. And just cause we're in entertainment or film or design, like, do we have to? Yeah. So I'm, I'm still working it out and seeing yeah. how it goes, but yeah. Okay. I'm no gonna, hate, no hate, no hate, no hate, no hate. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go Do your thing. Uh, we're gonna go down this road. We're gonna we're gonna explore this a little bit because I'm intrigued at the fact that it sounds like this 
more analog version of your workflow, this more, this more, I dare I say, primitive approach to like finding inspiration and working as a creative um, is working for you. Would you say that it's working for you? Yeah, I'm digging it. Um, when I say it's working for you, I, I mean that you're, you're still finding success sans a lot of the technology that would, that you would normally see a creative using in there. I mean, it's less of a burden. Like when you, when you do something and you finish something, like you're not thinking about, Ooh, this is how I'm going to slice and dice it and what I'm going to like share and promote and who I'm going to mention and who I'm going to credit. Yeah. It sort of is less about that and more about just getting the job done and like doing a good job for the client. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because then it, it takes off like, what am I going to get out of it versus like letting go and doing what's best for the project? Not what like fits your grid or your portfolio. Yeah. It allows you to do more. It allows you to do better work. That's not about you. It's Mm -hmm. the the, the work that you do is less about you, Mm -hmm. more about the people that you're working with. Mm -hmm. If, if you've got somebody who's trying to replicate this at an earlier stage, say, say you're talking to Johnny five years ago, how would you, how would you try to suggest that to somebody who's breaking out? Or is there a period of time where a creative needs to be digital to say, build an audience? I'm going to go with no and lock in my answer. Copy that. Okay. Because I look at the opportunities and the jobs that I've had, and it comes down to relationship mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think all the time, the domino effect. And uh, I mean, I've learned how to how to work and how to do yeah, you know, certain skills yeah. But it wasn't sharing or proving that I could do something or mm-hmm. like sharing projects. I think that opened each door. Yeah. It was just doing it. Yeah. I mean, if I look back, I did like five or six years of marketing and design Mm -hmm. and that equipped me to be able to freelance. Yeah. And then starting at the bottom rungs of film and like getting a camera package and acing and being around other people that knew what they were doing. Yeah. Like I learned to do that and that skill was transferable as well. And so then when I, met folks that were starting a startup media yeah. company. Like I had the the stuff in my toolkit, but they didn't hire me because they like followed me on Instagram. Yeah. Like these guys were just starting a company and had a need. Yeah. And like my skills lined up with it. So yeah. I was able to do it. And then, you know, I just like, that's kind of the, the flow that I've seen. Sure. Sure. So that's, that's me from like an 18 year old to now being like 29 it's kind of been on that track. Hmm. I mean, the job I have now wasn't because like portfolio, yeah, skill set and like yeah. being qualified certainly sure. comes into it, but it's not really because of like sending somebody a link. Yeah. 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 Though yeah, it's not like I cold emailed a hundred directors and I cold DM'd thirty agencies and I've been engaging every day on Twitter and LinkedIn and mm-hmm. Instagram with these guys that I know work with this person or work under these guys because I want to try and get my foot in the door. It's just, I'm here. I can do it. Mm -hmm. Do you want me or do you not want me? And if not, then we're just going to keep on rolling. 
Um, that is very intriguing. I really like that a lot. Maybe. Yeah. Cause you know, the, the track, the, the thing that I've seen is, and this might, this might be anti what I'm doing right now, but like the track that I've seen is like, get out there, like make, like go, like go create, go make, go, go do. Um, so I'm on a podcast, creating a podcast, repurposing key takeaways on Twitter and finding out how to just provide value, but I'm having to make it and I'm having to put it out. Um, would you say that there's, is there a fine line between something like this and something like I'm going to just build my Instagram just to have eyes or just to gain following or something, you know, what, where's the, what, where do you draw the line here? I mean, I'm stoked you're doing this because me and you talked a while back and it was about like, do your thing. Yes. And like, I still remember that conversation clear as day, by the way, which I'm, I'm stoked for you and I can't wait to see you keep crushing it. And I think like the fruit of this is like the conversation Mm. and like, it's cool that you can share it on Twitter and that other people can be inspired, but it's cool that you're just doing stuff yeah. for the experience. And like, yeah. like I said, like putting stuff in your back pocket. Yeah. It's like yeah. you've done a podcast. Like it's cool. This Boom. is great. Yeah. It's, it's something that it's, I can do that. I love it. Exactly. And, and it will open the door. Maybe it'll open the door in the future to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny's referencing a conversation that we had. Pff, how long? June. Yeah. Probably June. Yeah. May, June. I'm talking to him about my, I was literally talking, we were, I was talking about my personal brand because I was intrigued at what you were doing. And, um, he said to me, he looked me dead in the eye and he was like, dude, just keep working, but lay low, Mm -hmm. just lay low, keep doing what you're doing. Don't change anything about it, but just lay low. And I was like, uh, what? But I did. And it worked. That's crazy. <laughs> and what I mean by this is what I mean by it worked. Um, like you said, the burden is lifted off of you, right? That's the the burden that you felt was lifted off of you from not having to. Okay, let me cut this for the client, and then I need three Instagram stories, four reels, and six posts for this week, so that my engagement can crawl up, so I can gain a couple more followers. Um, what ended up happening for me was after just literally laying low, which ended up, which resulted in me pretty stopping shooting pretty much. Um, but my work stands for itself. My confidence grew because I didn't feel like I had to validate the skill that I had. Mm -hmm. My portfolio on Instagram isn't huge. I think I have like 16 posts on my Instagram, Mm -hmm. but they're all mad consistent and they look fantastic. Mm -hmm. But the, the constant need to have to like, look, I can do this. Like, look, I can do this. Look, I can do this. That, that weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. That's, awesome, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I gained from just like laying low. So I don't have to, I, at the bottom line, the bottom line is like, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds cliche, mm-hmm. but like to put it simply, like I don't have to prove anything to anybody because the work is there. Proud and of you. like, that's really it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another. I think another benefit of laying low for people who maybe don't, who who can't quite wrap their head around it is like, even if you're not laying, even if you're not laying low, like, I didn't think that I was going to be on Twitter at the end of last year, but everybody, a friend of a mutual friend of ours, his name is Matthew Good. Mg. Mg. Um, 
he's a copywriter. He's like, I was, I was kind of asking him, do I get on Twitter? Do I not get on Twitter? What's the deal? Um, I've been on Twitter since like January 3rd. It's been about two weeks. I've been writing, I've been tweeting every day, just writing. Um, and as a result, it's made me want to start a podcast and the content engine is now here where I can mm-hmm. record a podcast and write. But, and now I've been reading. Mm. So now all of a sudden I have the ability to add value and test ideas and absorb a ton of really, really valuable content through like books that if I was more concerned about validating what I could do, I wouldn't have done because I would have felt that there was still so much more that I had to rise to before I could start and move on to something else. Hmm. The, the like quote, I don't have enough time to go read a book because I have Mm -hmm. to figure out how to gain a couple more followers Mm -hmm. on my Instagram. I don't have time to get on Twitter and write every day because I'm trying to figure out how to optimize the SEO on my website. I don't have time to go record a podcast because I need to go shoot this afternoon, this during the day, and I need to go to a location and plan it and da 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 all this stuff. So, um, for the audience at home, I mean, I see Micah throughout the week. We're friends. We are. And, um, I've seen it change on him too. It's funny how your work Mm. affects like the way you carry yourself. Mm. And I love him no different than I did in July, but Mm. it definitely changes. Like I've seen you kind of like change when you were in a room. Like, interesting. I don't know. I feel like intrigued by this. I feel like you're, uh, I don't know if it's like more present or more just sort of like taking in the scene Mm. and like, Mm. I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to see. Maybe. Maybe uh, uh, kind of like you said, like going and being able to read. Yeah, you're kind of just more open to like what's going on. Yeah, in the moment. Yeah, I would consider myself a pretty, pretty uh, like self, very self-aware, extremely self-aware. Um, I would also say I'm very observant, but I I understand the like, I'm just gonna listen. I'm mm-hmm. a good listener, and I listen better now because I've read, and reading is like listening. Reading is like mm-hmm. listening to somebody talk about something for, mm-hmm. you know, I read for, I think I've read for an hour and a half today. It's like Dang. listening to somebody talk for an hour and a half today. Um, so I, I would say for sure, 100%, I can ditto what you're saying is that I find that when people are talking, I'm really listening and yeah. taking things in, um, as I've learned different perspectives and things like that. Wow. This is like an interview. I want to be like that. This is like an interview of me. Oh my gosh. I want to be more like that. Yeah. yeah. We got to give the people what they want. Oh snap. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I like that though. I like that we went on this little tangent about getting off of Instagram, but yeah, I mean the, the changes have been fantastic and they've only benefited me. And I think that's the bottom line here is that there has been a positive benefit to doing less online and there's been a positive benefit to not obsessing over what's going on on your social media regarding, regarding any sort of like, selfish I did it growth right because there is a benefit to what I'm doing online because it's not selfish my goal with being online right now is trying to add as much value as I can for free as often as I can mm-hmm. that's the goal for me while I'm online cool so if I'm not doing that 
then I'm not succeeding. I might be able to get offline, but if I'm still like promoting my photography and stuff like that, then it's like, nope, you got to start from zero because that's not what we're online for. Yeah. So I think the fine line here is if you are going to be online, then you need to not be online just so that you can show off what yeah, you're check doing your motives and and be selfish. But you should be online so that you are doing as much for the person who's watching what you're doing as possible, mm-hmm. rather than wanting to just increase your engagement. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, the tools to increase your engagement are coincidentally adding value to people, so mm-hmm. that's fantastic. But you should not be selfish when you're online, and that leads to being more authentic which I think is a great segue into, I think, the final question of the evening, because it is nighttime, it's 10.14, is when you look at your work, I think maybe maybe your, the, the last maybe couple months of your work, has it been really authentic? Has it been something that's like, this is, this is work that's done by John Esparza and it is straight from, straight from the brain? You kind of touched on it here and there because we've, we've kind of talked about getting away from the grid and getting away from online and it's created work that's more you. But just to reiterate, do you feel like the last couple of months of your work has been just, just you? Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not the creative director. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not the visionary. Sure. Wink. I'm just I'm just showing up. Yeah. Doing my thing. Yeah. Trying to do the best work I can. Yeah. And, um, all the little pieces, the relationships, like I look back at the last six months of my work and my job and I'm like, cool. Yeah. Like, let's keep doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like it. I get excited about it. Kind of like we're talking about getting stoked on stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I look at the things like the, the team has done as a collective and I'm happy to be a part of that team. Yeah. Like, I'm like, man, like, yeah, fun. Yeah. Great. Good. You know? So I think that's a good thing because yeah. at the end of the day, it is fun to like look back and be like, man, I remember the story of what it took to pull that one off or, yeah. or to do that or the, yeah. the long nights of everybody collectively working for a week straight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which pretty, is pretty cool. Which is what you're entering into. You're entering into another pretty bu- busy season mm-hmm. um, because that starts tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, as we close, what are some ways that you're getting ready to like hone in what are maybe you don't have to go into detail about everything that's going on, but like just as you go in mindset, like what are some things that you're going to take with you into day one that you want to stretch over this next month? It's a heavy question. It's a heavy question, but, um, I've tried to build, you know, better boundaries with work. Mm -hmm. Um, this year I'm trying to, spend the time that I do have off for my private life, like spend it well mm-hmm. and keep hanging with friends and checking in with my friends Yeah. so that I don't just come home from work and crash out and spend the next day just sitting at, sitting at the house. Yeah. I want to spend that time with friends and people yeah. in my life. So, um, yeah, just fighting for that. I would say, yeah. and being aware of like the time that I do have, I have an hour or two in the middle of a day, but I'm not in town. I want to call my buddy that lives up in Sacramento. Sure. And check in, you know, yeah, and just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
and just chat. So, and, and reading, honestly, yeah, reading more too, like mm-hmm. taking books. Like I was kind of like ill prepared before and I would kind of just like not fill the time maybe yeah. as best as I could. So while work's going to continue, like that's, that's always going to be there. That's always yeah. going to happen. Like, yep. and I'm always working on relationships and how to be a good creative leader and all that good stuff. Mm, mm. Like that's going to go, but I want to, I want to work on the time outside of that, the yeah. extracurricular, the extracurricular activities in a busy time of work. Very busy time. Yes. We don't want to be too busy. We don't, you don't want to be so, so busy. That's great. Johnny, this has been fantastic. Dude. Thanks. Such a good time. Thank you so much. Um, as you all are probably aware, uh, John is, not on Instagram. He has a website. Um, Sorry, y'all. But I don't know if I'll put the website in the bio. But what I will link in the description of the podcast is the music video that he worked on with Bruno Mars. You can take a look at that and get an idea of kind of what he's been up to. And that's all for any sort of social stuff that we it, can man. put. It's so, it's pretty, it's very cool. I, I love it. I'm, Thanks, not, bro. I'm not like, what's your Insta? What's your website? What's your da 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 da? Like mm-hmm. all the stuff and the, like putting links to all of it. It's just like, this is what, this is what John does. And Thanks, this is dude. What he does. This is so fun, man. Season this, two. Season two. Do it again sometime. We'll be back sometime. Oh man, I thank, love that. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, John, for being here. See, See you guys. One. Peace. <laughs>